Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. G'day and welcome to the pod pod. It's your boy Dossie here talking all things AFL fantasy this Monday night, 26th of February, 2024. And what do we have on deck for you other than a statesman team reveal? That's right. Five-time top 100 finisher, the statesman, is revealing his starting squad on this episode. We've also got our thoughts coming up on the players, on your requests for players as well during the recent unofficial trial matches. We don't have Louis joining us on this one, but of course, the full pod squad is here otherwise, including the man off the top of the show I just mentioned, five-time top 100 finisher, Statesman. How are you? I'm very well looking forward to this, so you can criticise my $2.4 million in the bank. Yeah, last year, the controversy, we got through this entire team review and and Stato literally did have, what was it? It was over a million bucks in the bank. So none of that this year, mate. Hope you no, have no, but, but to be fair, the, the million dollar saver uh, did get me to around 200th mark after round eight. Solid stuff. Uh, we have with us as well after... You know, copying some criticism from Statesman, I reckon, last week, Harmy, about not being on any shows. We've seen you on about 25 since. How are you, Harmy? Yeah, I'm going well, thanks, Tossie boy. And it's actually been good uh, going on a few other shows because it's made me watch a bit of the pre-season action, um, even though the pretty crappy camera work for most of them um, and some interesting commentators. But uh, no, it was good to watch a little bit of footy on the weekend. Certainly. Uh, we also have with us two-time top 10 finisher, Holmesy. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, Dossie boy. Thanks, Stato. I was going to rip into you about that, but you kind of lent into the skid and, and got there before I could. So I, I do hope you've uh, filled your squad out a little bit more this year so the listeners actually get a, an idea of what a full squad looks like. Yeah, it's pretty close. I'm actually, uh, from periods today, I had 5K spare uh i think i've finished at 42k so a little bit uh better spender this year mate definitely a bit better than last year but let's get stuck in straight away into the hot topics for the week which was of course the trial matches that were on the weekend and and look as harmy said uh it's important to note the the difference in quality of these games versus a regular season game and i actually I actually implore the listeners because I did this last year and it is amazing. If, if you go back and watch a replay of just a regular season game from last year in between all these, you know, you're just like, oh my God, okay, I don't need to like, these games are so different to a re- even just a regular season game. And then obviously finals kicks it up another notch, but just beware. These are just not the way they normally play. It's a lot of outside pill, not a heap of contested footy. There's a couple of teams, I reckon, that maybe went a bit harder than others. But um, overall, yeah, just take everything with a grain of salt. But that being said, (laughs) we want to talk about some of our reactions to the games. And we've each just got one player that we're going to bring to the table and talk about that we maybe changed our opinions on across the weekend or even just through recent events that have happened throughout fantasy news, community, etc. So let's start with you, Harmy. I'll throw it to you, mate. Oh, can I go last, Dossie? 
I've got a few on my list, so I'll let you boys take the some of the others and well, I'll see where I end up. We are also going to go um, to the listeners and get their opinions. They've, they've kindly filled out a heap of um, choices for us on the social, so we get to plenty of those too. But all right, Holmesy, take it away, mate. Your player. Yeah, mine's not a, a real change of opinion. Mine's just sort of further solidified um, what I've been thinking this preseason, and that's Elliot Yo. I think we just needed to see him back playing football in the role, healthy and looking good. And yes, there was a lot of fantasy scores going around on the weekend. I wasn't looking at that at all. But what I did see was him play a full game of football. They didn't rest him in the last quarter. Um, he was in the in the midfield full time and the Eagles desperately need him to play midfield. So the fact he got through and he's still uninjured, he's still someone I'm heavily considering uh, at D2 or D3. Lovely. He, he was just bursting out of stoppage. I think his score wasn't as impressive as as the eye test for sure. So seeing that, um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Holmesy. It was awesome to see. There was one moment he burst through the middle of the ground, took a bounce, took the game on, did this massive peg inside 50, like vintage Elliot Yo. And I was like, wow, okay. If we're ever going to pick him, it's going to be 2024 for the bounce back, I think, Holmesy. Good call. Uh, Stato, you're up. Well, I just wondered whether you're going to be uh, picking Livingston from West Coast Eagles after spotting him have four <laughs> possessions and sending in our little group message of saying, I think I found our uh, three. Um, no, actually, mine's a, mine's a name that um, I think Holmesy and one or two others may have mentioned in passing, but he really hasn't been on the radar. And as we're searching for value options in the forward line, particularly those that don't have a buy because there seems to be a lot of those, um, is James Harms. Now, rightfully, um, Bevo doing the right thing and actually putting uh, Bontempelli and Tim English in their rightful place being the twos uh, gave us a bit of a look at some other players. Um, But James Harms um, obviously uh, is going to, get a little bit of CBA, uh, CBAs, but he's going to play a little bit of that sort of half forward line as well. But his form just looked fantastic. He gives them something a little bit different, um, and I think that was an uh, important reason why they gave him the opportunity recruiting him from Melbourne. So he's firmly at a, at a 637 uh, price tag on my radar of a forward option that's got some upside, um, and could average 80 um, for for someone that hasn't got that buy that can play through while you can sum things out or sum things up the first five or six weeks to see who's putting their hand up. Could I just flag with that and, and ask the question? So I reckon Bevo, typical Bevo style, even in the practice matches, what he did was split that game in two. So they played the first match and they had almost like they had Sam Darcy was the primary ruck there. They had, like you said, harms in the midfield, but that was without the bond wasn't even playing in that first game. So is there any concern, uh, you know, that on that front? So he looked okay, but I think you're going to have to have a real close look in the next week. I, that's why I made the point straight away that they put Bont in his rightful place in the reserves. So obviously that's a that's a flag. There needs to be that rotation. Bailey Smith, McRae, who apparently is injured again, um, means there there are a bit of opportunity there. But look, um, it was just one that sort of come from left field and seeing we're really searching in the forward line. He's just someone that I've probably lifted in my thoughts a little bit and want to have a little bit more of a look. Yeah, I agree with you, Stato. I think the Bulldogs basically split their midfield in two, like you said, and it's essentially Harms and Sanders that are competing for that M4, M5 position. But how good was Sanders? He was yeah, he was unbe- unbelievable early as well. So yeah, it's it's a, it's definitely a look this week to see how it lines up with all their players back. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it those if it's those two players fighting for that last midfield position. Sanders is well ahead of Harms. That on in the start of the yeah. third quarter, Finn McGuinness comes out and starts trying to negate Sanders. It was unbelievable. He was so good. Yeah, Finn Finn up to his old magic. Yeah, tagging yeah, in the preseason. Interesting to see that as well, I suppose. Um, Harmy, do you, did you want to? Have you? Are you ready to take your pick? Oh yeah, I can go. I just said a few on my list. That was all. So, um, I'm probably going to say I'll, I'll pick uh, Jack Viney. 
as a midfielder. Uh, he's got the round six bye, but with everything that's been going on with Clayton Oliver, um, now Gussie Brayshaw, uh, I just think that the stage is set for their, um, well, at the moment would be their number one contested ball winner um, to have a hot start to the season. I think that Oliver's, if even if he does play, he's going to have nowhere near the fitness level and I can just see Jack Viney being an 80% CBA player and uh, racking up pretty well like he did in the back end of last season. Yeah, it's an interesting one, um, paying up for a premium. I guess I'm going to lead that into my own um, point. I, I do have a player or two to talk about, but um, I think my general point was... Less about practice matches, more about an opinion that somehow just came to me across the weekend. And I think it just became abundantly clear to me that I don't want to necessarily miss out on having the best fantasy players just for a buy round strategy. And looking at some of the best players that we've got um, and using some of the stats available to us, like we've been talking about J- uh, stats by Jaden now has his own website up. papowski has got the website and you can use the worthwhile average stats. I really liked looking at some of these and seeing the players I could get like on the buy that could still, who I thought could still perform to their average. So I think that's probably something I've changed. Like I've brought in some of the big dogs back in that I initially wanted. Put a name wanted. to it, Dossie. Put a name to it. Who are you talking Tell about? Tell us, Doss. Jack Bowes. <laughs> Paddy down. It's, it's Errol. I don't want to not own Errol this year. I just think he is the fantasy guy, the best player for fantasy in the world. And I just think he's going to be the number one mid. And I just think those first five matchups before his buy, we've even seen Luke Parker go down. I don't know how that affects him. I think they'll put in another player like a James Jordan or a Sheldrick to cover that. So I think his role stays the same. And I think there's just even more pill for him to go absolutely bonkers for the first five weeks permanent captain option for those five weeks and just have a massive lead on the competition even ahead of a day cost. Now, I just noticed you're sneaking a bit of a plug for Papowski. Um, is this the type of stuff that gets people recognised in the, the content creators' uh, rankings there, mate? I, I just wondered whether you've been doing a bit of a side deal somewhere along the line to undermine Holmes's great work in the off-season. Yeah, so surprisingly, Dossie and Louie, though, I will say, uh, appeared in the Papowski content creator's uh, Best 22. So um, that was out on uh, Papowski's Twitter, if you haven't seen that one. But um, yes, a a proud forward pocket. Um, I was flagged for some more mid-time as well by Roy from the Traders, so I'm happy... Happy with that, potentially getting it. Not, a not of because of your elite midfield ability, Dossie, but just Warney's tank. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was to do with that. Um, and to do with a certain play, certain players, though. Um, so anyway, that's a big structural change for me, though. So my team's just completely changed. I haven't gone heavy on the buy players, but just a few that I'm super high on. I haven't let that um, their buy round kind of affect me as much as I might have. Um, and the other guys is just the halfbacks. I think there was just a few halfbacks on the weekend, you know, namely a Nick Martin, even a Geordie Clark, um, that really stood out and showed that those roles look really, those look, roles look real. And while I understand it is a much more uncontested game in the practice matches, it's just something that you know I really want to see it again this week coming. But it's just something that I was really keen and, and happy to see come to fruition, Harmy. Did anybody catch that uh, Lions and Suns game? That was one that I didn't see, and I'd be interested to hear how Sexton went in that back flank uh, position. I did. You guys too. I did catch a bit, Holmesy. You were going to talk? Did you? I was going to say I watched the I watched the first half. It was okay, but he butchered the ball a little bit, which is I think going to be one of the concerns. Um, you got to be able to use that footy well in those dewy conditions if you're going to be able to play for on the. On the halfback flank for Gold Coast, really that'd is, be my worry. Yeah, he really is taking that Charlie Constable role then. Yeah, well, that's what I think we had that in the group chat. He's this year's Constable, but as with forward status, we might just have to roll with it and see how it goes. I think. I think you're going to have to wait, Harmy, for Powell to come back in and even Ellis to see how they all line up as a in a best twenty-two sense. But he definitely had the role. He wasn't the main distributor. It seemed like they were trying to get Butterick more of the footy, um, and he just found himself with it sometimes, but. Yeah, he was definitely playing off the halfback. All right, let's get into a few listener requests before we, of course, do the massive Stato team reveal in a little bit of time. That's a nice little teaser for you there, folks. But um, look, let's get into some requests from the Twitter sphere or the X sphere. Um, 
from your boy Bales Harmy, who you've been on his podcast what five times in the last uh, three days. Um, Bales asks Harry Sheasel. He had a, I think it was forty plus touches. Main distributor on half back there. Um, does it change your opinion, or what was your opinion beforehand? Uh, well, it's actually about what I thought he was going to do if he's got that uh, role on the back line like he did last season. So, yeah, I guess I'm watching with interest. Um, I guess I'm probably more concerned about what it looks like if Fisher, McKercher, Sheasel are all playing on the back flank. Bailey Scott. Bailey Scott Luke too. McDonald. Yeah. yeah. So it, it wasn't, they weren't all there vying for the same amount of pill in the back flank um, on the weekend. So not sure whether that changes over the, uh, like when the season proper starts. Yeah, it is an interesting one. Uh, Fisher, I suppose, probably, he's probably in the comments to come, but I, I was incredibly impressed with him in his first half. I think he had 48 points in just half a game, and, and it was great signs but given his uh, hamstring issues. I think that was something I also enjoyed seeing. Um, but like you said, we really just have to see it with the full squad together. Um, Jordy DeSena wants to talk about Matthias Philippou. Holmesy, who in the absence of their best midfielder, Paddy Dow, had a lot of uh, CBA usage. Yeah, so this one's interesting because he was a pig junior. He had fantastic junior numbers, but the unfortunate thing was that Windhager went down in the first quarter of the game with the the broken hand. So we don't actually know whether that was just an in-game rotation because they needed to plug a midfield spot or whether they have earmarked him for more midfield time this year. I, I would assume he gets a little bit of a bump if that's their plan, but there still was no Brad Crouch. Um, so yeah, we still need to watch it, but with our lack of forward options, he's definitely someone I've I've got my eye on. Yeah, certainly an interesting one. Uh, Paddy Dow impacts him though, Holmesy. Do you think? Or? Uh no, I think Paddy Dow's going to be playing in the twos, Dossie. Nah, mate. Incorrect. Incorrect. I uh, saw they updated his AFL player profile today. Not that I check it daily, but um, yeah, some, some, <laughs> nice, some nice comments. Some nice comments about him uh, on the new pro- player profile. Stato, what were your thoughts? Um, don't know if you caught this game. This guy looked pretty impressive and, and had some centre bounce usage as well. Cam McKenzie for the Hawks. We obviously know that Will Day is missing at least round one. Not sure when he's uh, slated to return just yet, but Ken McKenzie, we know he's in that 400 to 500k price bracket and potential second year upside here. Well, I've been talking up C-Mac all pre-season. No doubt you guys have heard it quite regularly. It's just a pity that I was meaning Connor McDonald rather than Ken McKenzie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but but to be fair, um, they were they were obviously talking a couple of players up that they will get more mid time, and Cam McKenzie was one of them. And this was before Will Day got injured. So um, to be fair, they're doing exactly uh, what they talked about, and he was quite impressive. And we we actually saw a couple of games last year where he actually showed a bit of a ceiling, and that was obviously his first year. So there's a big potential. Um, to actually have a second-year breakout here. So um, pretty keen to see how we go. And we might be talking about him a little bit later on, Dossie. Ooh, well, we the team reveal. That's going to be okay. Looking forward to that. Taser wants to know about Connor Buderick. We mentioned him before, Harmy from the Suns. Uh, you mentioned you didn't catch this game, but just out of interest, if you know, is Buderick in your your thinking at all? It's an interesting one. I'm not too sure. I don't like that early buy very much. But, yeah, if he presents a lot of value, I mean, you could consider it. Also, um, possibly if uh, Zach Williams doesn't get up, it's not too much to get up to um, Buderick from that price point too. So, yeah, he's, he's in the mix, I think, but he's not somebody that I'm in love with just at the minute. Okay. Holmesy, I want your thoughts. Oh, actually, this one's for me. It's uh, Jaden uh, Cooley here, not, uh, not Papowski, a different Jaden. One for DOS only, please. A pick I feel Ooh. was right up his alley. Max Holmes on the halfback flank. And look, uh, let's just say uh, Maxie Holmes, 
been dabbling in a bit of Maxi Holmes stock uh, of recent times, but look, I don't know if I can do it um, at this point in time. But uh, look, we had all three lads. If you are watching the video stream, um, you'll know this. They all shook their heads, <laughs> synchronized shake of the heads, um, left to right. So no nods. Let's just Dossie. Let's just talk about it though, because it. I mean, it's okay. a fair. It's a fair call. We we say we want players on the halfback flank, and that's where he's playing, but. He's still going to be the third or fourth guy behind Stewart and and Duncan for for Peel back there. And as a mid only, you really need him to be going ninety plus. And when you had Duncan go below ninety last year or, or thereabouts, and Stewart just to tick over it at ninety four, I can't see it in that Geelong system. He's not that cheap. I've got to say this is one of the one of the games I didn't see, so I, I can't really comment too much on it. To be honest, I thought Holmes was going to be there inside mid this year. To be honest, I'm surprised that that's been the path they've gone. Yeah, I think that they've realised he's a better outside player than what he's on the inside, and that makes sense. He's probably sitting there as a succession to Mitch Duncan in another year or two, I'd say. So, yeah, he definitely, it was Duncan and Holmes on those back flanks to start the game. Not sure how that sort of changed over the course of the game, but, yeah, he was definitely on the outside. Hey, Stato, so you did catch the, the dog's game. Buku Karmas, Gabe wants to know about. Oh, I didn't catch it. So, Oh, well, I didn't catch when he played. I don't think he was on it. This is the... an actual meme. I know this guy is an actual meme. He doesn't want to know about Buku. All right. Okay. Thanks, he doesn't Gabe. want to know about Buku. Okay. Oh, well, Jeez, I'll Gabe let him know on. about that. Yeah. All right. Mark wants to know Billings and Jordan. So, uh, Jack Billings, Stato? Yeah, I... I... Did like him. Um, I thought he linked in really well. Um, to me, the price and the buy are two just little barriers. Um, you think their midfield um, needs a, a bit of a restructure um, because of um, the events over the pre-season, uh, losing two, two Jameses, uh, the retirement and Clayton Oliver. Um, so I just think there's potentially going to be a little bit less ball um, in their their forward line. So that just puts his sort of link play at, at risk a little bit. Um, plus he's sort of had that injury history over the past few years. So he's certainly a round zero option for me to look at because they've got a hard opponent rolling into a couple of easier opponents. So give us a bit of indication of what his scoring power and that role is going to be at that club. All right. Well, I think I might just throw this to all the lads um, or whoever wants it. But let's just talk about, obviously, with Jimbo Jordan, um, I think this probably, you know, we should have mentioned this as well. Obviously, Luke Parker, uh, we did touch on it briefly, but Luke Parker going down um, with, what was it? He had a broken Broken arm. arm. Yeah, broken arm from the Pracky matches. So who do we think this is going to benefit? Um, there's a few names. Obviously, Jimbo Jordan is one. Taylor Adams, Chad Warner, potentially. Maybe the Goulden just gets a bump. Um, what do you guys think? Or even a Sheldrick, sorry, I should mention as well. Um, very cheap for his uh, potential output. Any strong feelings, boys, on who benefits? Adams. Who Look, I don't, have any, of- I don't have any strong feelings, <laughs> but sorry, Stato. I can imagine that they've, they've probably trained a, a particular way for most of the preseason and they've been banking on having... Uh, Parker there so I think if the obvious obvious answer is if they can get a Sheldrick in to play that role I think that probably fits pretty perfect and they don't have to mess around with too much else and you know Sheldrick's not an 80% CBA guy he he doesn't have the tank so maybe everyone else has to have a slight bump but mate it's a, it's a huge round zero watch even this week to see how it all lines up you know we didn't see Adams last week to see how he fits in it's going to be yeah very very interesting yeah, Sheldrick's a massive, obviously, keeper league prospect and one of the guys that Horse has tucked away in the, in the twos for a little bit and, and had an injury at the end of last year as well. But, um, yeah, he, he's one that has a massive fantasy game about him for that 500-ish K bracket as well, Sheldrick. So, yeah, keep an eye on that one. Um, who else have we got here? Let's just get a couple more before we get into Stato's team reveal. Riley Bonner. Had a massive game for the Saints. Uh, just noting, obviously, the huge out of Jack Sinclair wasn't playing um, in that particular game. But Bonner had a monster day out uh, for the Saints. Midfield only status, but I think he's, what, 460k odd um, and playing a defensive role. Taking kick-ins. He was all over the place. Mm. 
Yeah, well, we've always known that he's got good foot skills. So um, there's obviously a, a reason that when he got delisted that they uh, they went for him. Um, so there's an opportunity there. We know Crouch didn't play. We know Windy got injured. So whether just more uh, opportunity come his way that day, but his scoring power was just bloody incredible, especially the first half. So... He's just one we need to to watch, and uh, I'm expecting he's probably not a starting 22 player. But again, every club has injuries, so just keep an eye out if the opportunity comes because he might be a really good downgrade option at one stage. One thing that I will say, as a I mean, we saw Liam Stocker come in last year, and you know, I certainly had my doubts on how he'd perform in this system. Like we, you know, he obviously been in and out of the of the Carlton's best, and he came in and, and was a solid option. But I'm looking at Bonner and versus someone like Stocker, as we saw in this game, something that he exhibits is a little bit of thirst, dare I say. So um, that's something that Bonner An opportunity, does have right? going for him. When Windy went down, he got the opportunity to to fill that spot and and took it with both hands. So you never know. All right, let's just get to a couple more. Obviously, there's so many names to talk about, but we can't talk about them all, unfortunately. There's plenty more to play out this preseason. George Wardlaw, though, Harmy, looked pretty explosive in there. But at the end of the day, his scoring power was probably a little down from what you'd hope at a player of his price range. Yeah, well, I was impressed. I've been impressed with him um, since he got his debut started last year. Uh, he's a great player. He's probably underpriced. But uh, throwing a caveat out there, I say the same thing about Nat Fife. Awesome. Still only played a half, and that feeds into our concern, doesn't it? Um, Wardlaw potentially managed time on ground. Bit of a concern. Um, Nat Fife, sub-risk potentially, um, maybe managed time. So... So while they did bits of what we wanted, they also did bits of what we didn't want to see. So I'm a little bit uh, uncertain. Can I quickly divert the conversation away? Due to the lack of forwards, is anyone warming to the idea of Tom Powell? Is he in the uh, team? If he, if he gets a role that, that sort of gives him the right amount of game time and the right role, then absolutely. Um, so he's got the scoring power. I went him last year thinking it was going to happen. It's the old 12 months too early or two years too early, but he's got it. My my concern is they keep loading up and bringing in more and more and more quality midfielders. They've got so much to pick from that I just don't see where that definite role is for him. So. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the issue for me. He's good enough. And, look, if he was at West Coast Eagles, he'd be sitting in my midfield right now or, or in my forward line right now with forward status. Like, it's there for him, right? Like, it came out yeah. today, Simpkin has done a, a finger injury or something and he's 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 going to play round round one, but they don't know how that's going to look in terms of him. Won't slow him down. He, Won't slow him down. He, he was on the outside and... We're all we're all assuming that Wardlaw is going to be in the midfield, but if he's just getting the burst in there, the door's open for for Tom Powell to play some serious minutes. There's no Taron Thomas anymore. He's probably Absolutely. gone past Will Phillips, or you know they're vying for that spot. Mate, I'm I'm getting interested in a Tom Powell. If if we see it again this week that he's got the high midfield minutes, then there's worse options to take a punt at. Do you think there's something to like? Obviously, LDU they're going to play in the guts regardless in a trial match. I have a I have a feeling the rest I, I feel like Simpkin still will be in there when it comes to the proper games. I feel like they just had to get get the minutes into the kids in the preseason. Yeah. That, that like one hundred percent. But like caveat is like let's see this week and and see what happens. Yeah. It's gonna be a, a bigger dress mm-hmm. rehearsal. Because like yeah, Lazaro as well was um, very yeah. impressive as a forward coming up to stoppage. So many North players again. Like we, oh. uh, North Melbourne's just every player and your team's just about North. But um, one thing just really quickly, uh, Harley Reid, keep the faith, everyone. Keep the faith. It, was, uh, it wasn't the greatest debut. I've been um, saying this from day one. He's an impact player. He's going to be a better super coach player than he is fantasy player. And he was through his juniors. And look, he might build into that, but it might be a little bit more like Patrick Dangerfield that took him to his fifth or sixth season to really become fantasy relevant. Wow. That might be a sneak peek 
of the uh, team reveal coming up. Astonishing scenes. Uh, all right, I've got three more players. There's a couple of players from Geelong here that people are keen on. So surprisingly, this is people, not me. But uh, Jack <laughs> Bowes. <laughs> and also, <clears throat> excuse me. He's and a also, name we might hear again very soon. Oh, my goodness. You you know. (laughs) Shaking his head. Uh, Look, Tanner Bruin as well for a a third-year breakout. There's some interest. um, There's a lot of interest in him, uh, particularly with – we didn't really mention this injury as well. Cam Guthrie, I think, lasted 30 seconds um, it was. So I think you guys were pretty keen on on Cam Guthrie. Unfortunately, his body has let him down yet again. Uh, Either Any interest in any of the Cats mids that could take a rain there? Harmy? I don't know. Bose, yeah, I mean, possibly, but he did. He sort of still Ooh. didn't rack up a bit of touches in that day, did he? He might have had a few CBAs and he hadn't that bad role, but he didn't score that big. Um, Jai Clark, I'm still interested in. So I guess if you're talking about people yep. that are around that midfield for Geelong, it's Jai Clark for me. But outside of that, man, oh, Toby Conway maybe, you know, like he had a fair run at it, which was nice to see. But, man, the rest of them, like Danger... Bruins priced in an awkward spot, mid seventies from memory. Um, yeah, I just, I just, uh, nah, not that pumped. I think right. just Geelong, Geelong showed their cards last year with their midfield. Their game plan was to throw as many guys in there as they could. Yes, 30. they might not have had the, they might not have had the cattle, but they still don't have the cattle this year. Um, and that's, I think that's what their game plan is. It's, they still want danger in there. They still want some of the old guys, but it's just. 40, 50, 60% rotate guys through. It's not your Adelaide where it's Dawson, Laird, Crouch or Essendon where it's Merritt, Parrish and in no one else. They just throw guys through there. So for that reason, I can't see them, those players, yeah, they're going to improve, but I can't see them being classic options for us. Dawson, Laird, Rankin, you mean there, uh, Holmesy, by the way. <clears throat> um, anyway, last last couple here, the Dockers. We will throw back to Holmesy. You are the Dockers, man. Fifey in a half looked pretty impressive. Twenty touches, but still that again that uh, that handball happy game. Not necessarily for our fantasy format. Um, and then Hayden Young. People will just want a confirmation about uh, Hayden Young. Were you impressed? Look, he's an absolute. Uh, sorry, Fife. We're talking about is an absolute lock for Stato's preferred super coach format uh, with the with the clearance game. Still, still is definitely a watch for for AFL fantasy. You know, he had 20 touches, but they put the scores out. He only scored 40 points because he had, what, 18 handballs or whatever it was. So it, it's a concern. He's never been a big tackler. You know, he gets a few marks every now and again, but he's not a huge mark guy either. So if he's going to be getting 20, 25 touches a week, but it's, you know, 15 to 20 handballs, it is concerning. I know he hasn't been fit for the last couple of years. So, you know, maybe now that he's fitter, maybe he is able to lay a few more tackles and stuff, but it hasn't traditionally been his game. So I'm still very interested. The role was there, but will the scoring be? I'm not too sure. And Hayden Young, I don't think we saw anything different than what we expected. He had the midfield role. He pushed back a little bit at times, which they said he wouldn't do, but whether that was just, uh, you know, during a preseason game, they were trying to give Johnson and, and those guys a little bit more of a go in the middle, but I still think the same concerns are there. Yes, I'm hot. Yes, he's still someone I'm heavily considering, but it's still Brayshaw and Sarong as those main two guys. And if they're going to be going over 100, oh. it's very difficult for a third midfielder to go over 100. That's that's how my good, concern. How, and and Fife looked good too. How good was Sarong, Holmesy? Man, he carved it in those three quarters. Sarong was, ev- Sarong was everywhere. Mm. Sarong was everywhere. Yeah. And if Sarong yeah. can, add, an out- if he can add some outside game to his already incredible inside game, then that's even less pill for for some of the others. So, yeah, a bit of a sneak Mate. peek for Stato, Stato's team coming up. Oh, I think Hayden Young he, might be he might be gone as well. So, it's it's interesting. He was absolutely phenomenal, I will say, in a practice match against the West Coast Eagles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> keep that in mind, so was, boys. Keep it so was hardly <laughs> so was Harley Reed against West Coast Eagles. Look, just just quickly, boys, before we before we move on, Brayshaw did spend a little bit of time out on the wing. It's a flag. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's just something we need to watch as well. Yep, agreed. Yep. And something um, we saw Longmuir just just as something that like as a guy who got burnt last year, he's not afraid at role changing those inside mids. We saw Will Brody a massive part of their team the year before. He came out the next year, it wasn't in there at all. 
then fact dropped to the two. So confirmed then. Not- An- Andy Brayshaw playing rugby. <laughs> Andy you, Brayshaw heard- waffle. <laughs> you heard it from Dossie here first. <laughs> oh, God. Why do you always twist my words? Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Anyway, (laughs) it's time to get into some epic Stato team reveal. I uh, I thought that music was going to be a bit more epic, to be honest. It's uh, more of a... Stato dying? (laughs) sort of more like the gladiator vibes than uh, uh, anything else but Stato keen to hear this team reveal I think you've got some discussion points for us as well coming up let's let's hear it yeah so uh, the first thing I need to do is actually um, set the tone for what we're just about to talk through Um, now to be fair I haven't done a lot of work on my team for the past two or three weeks I wanted to get through the practice game the community series uh, for the listeners, um, I'm just about to go through a very pe- busy period at work and then a couple of trips away. Um, so I'm not going to get to view too much footy. I think it's round four is the first round I'll be able to prep really well for. So um, make Stato great again. May not be on the cards this year, but we'll, oh. um, what I've done, because I had a few dead weights, so people were putting lines through um, during the, the pre-season, I've... Um, replace them to make sure we get a bit of a team balance. But I've decided to set a structure where I limit the vest opportunities um, through not having players that are that are best 22, which, as we know, is almost a strong requirement for our defensive line and is a real battle to create in our forward lines. And I will be honest, those two lines... I'm still not comfortable no matter how much I muck around with. There are some good value options, which you'll see I picked them, and I've actually leaned to towards players that have actually impressed us uh, during the match sim um, as a bit of a tiebreaker, if that makes sense. And it doesn't mean they're going to make my team. In fact, I can guarantee you probably five or six of these players won't end up in my final squad because we get the cheat sheet round zero. So the premise of this team is I wanted to get um, uh, avoid first-year rookies because they're going to be um, flags for people to get vests, especially when we're not going to know, with two exceptions. Anyone want to guess who those two exceptions are? I think we're good, Stato. We got it. McCurtry yep. Sanders. Beautiful. Yep. Excellent. Well done. Um, and so everyone else is I'm trying to find value, I'm trying to find upside um, and trying to make sure they're past the 22. I think one fails this test, um, but I've basically got four options to fill that position. So we understand the premise. Now, if you're going to do this, you need to save money. So you've had to make cuts, and that's exactly what I've done, and then I've based it on someone who either has put a line through um, because of the Matsim or question marks on the Matsim, and we mentioned two of them before uh, Frio Dockers players against West Coast got got taken out of this squad because of it. All right, so we'll start with the defence. Um, I'll go through the first three. Uh, we'll discuss, see what your thoughts are. Then the next three, uh, I think the benches, we can just say they're placeholders, but I'll mention who they are so you're aware. So starting off, um, uh, top three defenders. Uh, on my D1, I've got Tom Stewart. Um, and the reason why I've decided on Tom Stewart is his fantastic run to start the season. So he's going to prep really well. We know the midfield time talk was there, but it was never serious. But it is also uh, a bit of an opportunity if he is getting tagged. So... Uh, move off, look at someone else and give him some midfield time. I've moved uh, Hayden Young out and replaced him with Jordan Clark. Um, We saw a bit of an uptick 
uh, uplift when uh, Hayden Young went into the midfield last year, finished final five was 88. Um, there is uh, a few that have clearly pointed out that two of the games weren't fantastic. The last three were superb. Um, there is a bit of match-up base on that, um, but certainly his form has been fantastic. And with Chapman out uh, and Hayden Young out, the two main ball users are going to be Ryan and Clark. And didn't he look superb? Um, and the third one there is Elliot Yo. Yes, okay. So I'm hoping the next one is Jack Bowes, um, <laughs> as uh, as Harmy keeps putting, or Jake Bowie, correct? He's putting these in, in the sheet. I'm trying to keep a list of your players here, and Harmy's <laughs> right the wrong players. But any thoughts on that, uh, Holmesy? He's taken out Hayden Young, as you've uh, as you potentially suggested. Any worry about the Clark sitting at D2, given just a few years ago we saw him pop 130-odd in the preseason, and it didn't come to fruition uh, during the regular season? Yeah, look, it's the new way to play the game, trying to get more of these value players in and, and hunting less of the top premiums. I'm not overreacting from one preseason game, but he, he did look good and he looked good in those last three games. So it's I can see the pick, whether it comes off or not, I'm not too sure, but I actually don't hate looking elsewhere from Hayden Young. I'm not doing it at the moment, but he's been someone we've locked in and not really thought about. And I think coaches do need to actually think about if their squad can look better without him in it. Yeah, 120K you, you put in the bank by making a move like that. But to be fair, I was actually hot on him prior. It just gave me the confirmation bias that I actually needed. Yeah, I actually remember you were hot on him at the start of last year. So Yep, yep, absolutely. Yep. Um, so moving on to the next three, this becomes a fair bit riskier. Um, it's a reflection on form, opportunity and new clubs. Um, so Kitty Coleman is currently sitting at my D4. Uh, wasn't a fan with the bye, but his form um, during the finals, uh, especially the first half of that grand final, um, and certainly the preseason is impressive. I, oh. I will note there's a, there's a little flag that um, plays Frio uh, round one, which is a hard matchup. Um, so that becomes a bit of a question mark. I think round zero will give us a little bit of an understanding of where he sits. I think we know um, he's a he's a player that can score really big in a quarter and a half, um, that type of player, and then can sort of fade. And I think the grand final showed that. Wasn't he close to a tonne and ended up on 120-odd? Um, so there is that sort of concern but when you consider he's 628,000, he looks to me like a player, if he sort of has his breakout year, that he's going to make you a fair bit of cash. I am concerned with a buy, especially at round two. Uh, so he's certainly a player that I think has probably got that big question mark and give me a reason and he's gone. Um, you're going to like this one, Doss, because this we is go. a big Doss pick in history of the world. Massimo D'Ambrosio. Wowee. He looked good, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, so targeted targeted by Hawthorne Footy Club. Uh, he showed us little spells at Essendon. He is an elite kick. He is a kick like Sam Mitchell. So um, the opportunities with CJ going down opens it up. Um, I, I think there's some great opportunities. I want to see more, but at 467, uh, with a few injuries happening at Hawthorne at the moment, and him showing so much class by foot, um, I think that the coach will be pretty excited. And last of the starting uh, six is Nick Caulfield. I don't think okay. I need to explain too much with the reason why. No, um, I just want to f- say Carl Amon didn't play, or Amon, I got called out, did not play in that Hawthorne game. Um, I will just say as well at the top, we didn't mention Coleman as one of those performers. He was like, I think I was almost like changing my mind. I was an owner last year, um, late last year of, of Coleman, and, and this is the sort of stuff he was doing. It, it was even more impressive. It, it was grand final form. He was just everywhere early. I was like, I've started to think as well, am I really not going to pick this guy? So um, he and, was showing some real class. 
and and understand and happy to hear everyone's thoughts. This isn't my final squad. I'm just showing how we can build the balance to get rid of the the risk profiles. The rookies in defence are shocking. So if you go Hayden, uh, sorry Jordan Clark up to Hayden Young, all of a sudden you've only got three hundred to spend on your D five or six. So someone with this potential uh, gives us. Uh, a bit of value you can sure you can spend elsewhere. Happy I like Stato that. how you said one of your um, one of your criteria was around making sure they were best twenty two. Yet then you got Massimo and Nick Caulfield as your D five and six there. Yeah, I <laughs> think they are best twenty two as it stands. Do you ever? Do you think it's a good thing when you preface it by saying this is the biggest Dossie pick ever? <laughs> I, I did premise that for a reason. So hunting, well, who can be that D5 if I want to create the rest? Now, the reality is you can – I can shave picks in, in the forward line. I can actually have a, a third rookie in my midfield to spend more money, which have been models that I've looked through. But this is the way um, – can Ambrosio average 70? Yes, he can. Uh, can Caulfield average 65? Yes, he can. Just quickly, um, a lot of the players we've been raving about almost single-handedly going into what I was saying at the top, playing into all these players that dominated were these uncontested players. <laughs> like, yep. are we, as much as we said at the top of the show not to overreact, I think everyone we're getting excited about is the exact mould that I was talking I, about. I'll, I'll, put a that's why I said on, the premise. I'll put a carton on right now that, Stato does not start Massimo D'Ambrosio. You're probably right, um, so I'm not taking the bet with you. But it, but this was this was the point of let's finish a squad that is likely to give us the scoring powder that's going to set us up well. They're all value. Yeah. All right. Let's keep going, Stato. Let's move on. So so bench Gipkus and the the holder that most people have got in Toby Pink. Um. Yeah, I'm really struggling, and this is this is the real issue we've got in defence. Um, we're going to have some real duds at D six if we're uh, if we're not lucky and get someone out of the blue. All right, let's move to the midfield. Phillips um, and Closey, mate, that's the guy. Yeah, let's hope. Let's midfield. Hope. Midfield, uh, so I've got um, effectively what I'll argue is three big boys. And then I've picked three value because of the price of three value and one rookie uh, gives you two extra big boys. This protects that I don't have to have um, uh, basically the uh, the vest on a midfielder, um, which I don't want to have. So starting with Laird as my number one captain choice, uh, have Jack Steele, uh, who looked really impressive and I just reckon is great value at my M2. Elder U is still in there. I've tried to find ways to kick him out, but he is still there at M3. Um, and uh, just to follow Dossie's theory, in M4, Nick Martin. Yeah. Don't love it, don't hate it. I think they're all they're all those value picks that you're talking about, Stato, the ones that have the upside that just have to deliver. Um, what do you think, Harmy? Is that a bit too many of, of that thing and not enough of the, I don't know, do, do you think all of those guys can, can return value for Stato here? Yes. Yeah, I think that's not a bad structure so far. I guess we'll see how he goes with the rest of it, but... Um, I don't personally love the Martin pick just at the moment, but uh, I've you know considered all of those guys. So I think he started off on a pretty good note here. I'm assuming that Lair's probably going to be his highest price player and be his captain, but we'll see. And we do yeah, know Stato loves picking a player in anticipation of DPP and then the DPP not coming. So <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah. And yeah, the thing it, is has, Martin, it has happened before. Yeah, yeah. Martin, um, as much as I loved Martin too, he was playing against the Saints, who last year gave oh, up give up a lot tons to the defenders. But anyway, to be fair, Martin's actual selection was my third of two picks. Um, so I earmarked uh, Guthrie and Amon prior to him, and he's replaced both. I love um, 
yeah, so Eamon's a chance. Uh, all right, moving on to, to M5 through to M8, you know, two of them. Uh, but Matt Crouch at M5, Ollie Wines at M6. Just seeing those value options with, with upside. Crouch has only recently come in because I have been worried whether he's actually going to be in the team, but everyone seems to be confirming that's the case. Then he had the hand issue, but then he played um, and actually played quite well. Uh, Ollie Wine's definitely got the role. Um, Port, at least tell us um, factual information. And Colby McKercher and Sanders, of course. Tazzy boys. Okay. Holmesy's Handcuff. a big fan so far. You're only getting nods from Holmesy here. Sounds like Holmesy's on the same page. No, it, it's it's the value that we talk about, right? And what's good about that is that you've got Nick Martin who is picking to get DPP. Um, so if that comes off and, and obviously Colby comes off, that's two midfield spots that are going to open up for your big dog mids come round seven, eight, nine. So I don't hate it. Uh, the wines role was definitely there. The scoring wasn't, but we don't need the scoring to be for, for a practice game. We'll watch the the real stuff this this round, and and they have a fantastic run to open up. Like, there's no reason why Wines can't come out and turn up against West Coast in round one and, and get his cash moving in the right direction. All right, let's continue, Stato. Uh, bench Jai Clark and Matt Roberts at this stage, and Matt Roberts' job security monitor just increased with the news over the last uh, 12 hours, which is great. Now, the ruck's really interesting. Um, so I've got two of the three, but there's an unnamed fourth. Well, I say unnamed because no one else has named it. Um, Naismith. No. Um, no, it's not. Um, so Livingston? I, I've, gone, <laughs> I've gone part structure, part value here. Um, so my two rucks at this stage are Max Gorn and Cherry. Now... It means I'm missing Grundy, which I don't want to miss. Um, but the reality is if you have the Gorn Grundy, you've got two buys and I need an R3 and I need to spend more money on an R3 to do so. Um, interesting fact where the Cherry should be uh, R2 or R3, Holmesy. Um, but again, you've got to save an extra... 380k to do so so i've gone this theory because max is the one that has the latest buy so if max i think who's got the highest ceiling can get the score on the board and still make a little bit of money i can pivot after round five to where i think i need to go so that is dropping down to grundy if he's really killing it and i will point out that the grundy's Got a little bit of a hard run to start. Um, so Melbourne, Collingwood, Essendon uh, aren't the easiest matchups. It frees up after that, I do accept. Um, but Max Gorn um, has a slightly better run and a longer period leading into uh, his buy. So it gives me the opportunity to flick or if the, the two big boys are just killing it um, I can jump from Gorn easier um, to to English uh, and or Marshall if they're the right ones to go to. Um, the Obviously, the third one is Grundy. Now, I'll talk about the fourth, um, and there's a bit of intel with this one as well, which probably people haven't dived into enough. And the way his season starts too is really interesting. Um, and that's Ivan Soldo. So you can go an Ivan Soldo and Cherry, save another 300 gram, which can get your Massimo type to a Hayden Young for want of a better term. He played three solo ruck games last year, a 107, a 103 and an 85. The 85 was against Max Gorn. That was his worst performance on his own. So wanting to have a look at people with value and have a look at their run. Uh, Ivan Soldo will be the number one ruck. Sweet won't play. And he's playing West Coast Eagles without Flynn round one. Yeah, but they've got Livingston. Oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. So obviously there's four possessions that he's not going to be able to grab. Now, uh, it, it is... It is very, very left, left field, um, but if if you want to play that game, is I don't want to clash with, um, I don't want to clash with the uh, the buys, 
Uh, pick two rucks that have got value, got upside, and going to make you cash and good points on the ground where you can invest that money elsewhere. He's actually a decent option while you're sussing out what the right move is. I don't want to let a single ruck without any support gone go, so I'm spending the money there currently. So wait, you're, you're picking Soldo? Who's your R3? No. I'm so confused. Uh, Max Heath. Oh, sorry, so, Livingston. So, Livingston. Yeah. Livingston. Sorry. <laughs> but you're, con- you're considering Soldo is what you're saying? I, he's the fourth option when you're looking at who the value rucks are. I genuinely thought we were talking about his bench. So he spent yeah. 15 minutes talking about someone yeah. he hasn't picked in his bloody team. Go back no, I'm just saying ago. everyone keeps talking there's three options. There are actually fourth. There are actually four. I don't mind it. I mean, I was obviously spruiking um, Jordan Sweet before knowing who was the number one ruck, and, and they have typically not played two rucks together even during when they had Scott Lysett, who you'd say, you know, probably was a backup ruck himself at times. So, um, yeah, that, that's it's an interesting take. I haven't heard um, I reckon. People, I reckon Louis up, just so. got some shivers on sight, I reckon, after <laughs> he, he doesn't know what's going on. But uh, Soldo, Stato, Port Adelaide, low stoppage team, run and gun, tall forward line. I just just gave you it as an option, and I will say is fourth option. But if you want to save and spend elsewhere, now the are line. We, are we, hang on, are we dub- we're doubling up again. I'll put another carton on it. You're not picking Ivan Soldo to start. No, I'm not. I'm, I told <laughs> you I'm going. I'm told you I'm going Max Gorn. So I like ton mids, in, by the way. Uh, up up <laughs> until today, I just had Gorn and Grundy. So Holmesy, yeah. you you don't I, see it, and Dossie, you don't see it. I don't see it. Oh, fuck, yeah, that, here we go. That means it's going to work like Hewitt. Uh, can, I just, right can we just talk quick, like, like, last point? Is there any way that any of you guys will start an expensive ruck on the bench? I've heard the Cherry R3. I've heard, you know, if you want to go solder, is there any way you could pay that much money just to have that assured or presumed assured cash rise on the bench when we might not have any rucks that really deliver that value? Yes, I don't think you could start Cherry if Conway's named because the saving there is going to be too great. But the fact that if you do start Cherry at 580K on the bench, yes, it's a lot of money sitting on your bench, but he will play round five and round six. It's it's different to the normal years. So, yes, and he will make you a lot of cash. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Forward line, Stato. This is the. This is it. Hate it. I, I do. I dislike the forward line and can't find the mix that I'm happy with. So um, <clears throat> I premise that I dislike. So first three, Sam Flanders, I, I just see him as uh, F1. I know he's got the buy. I just got to go there. I just yeah. – uh, round zero um, will be the challenge. So if he, he pumps out a 75, I will not go with him and, and look at a different option. Um, so that's one with a buy. Uh, second pick, also with a buy, uh, Taylor Adams. Third one, um, because uh, I like Harmy so much that I want him in my team, but seeing he's not on an AFL list, I'll pick James Harms instead. Um, not overly excited about the pick, but I see the upside and doesn't have a buy. Um, to be fair, I've had Connor McDonald in my team all pre-season, it just doesn't look like he's going to get that role, unfortunately, so it's disappointing. So I'm scratching for options. They're the top three forwards. Thoughts? I don't mind it, Stato. We don't know who the forwards are going to be. The harms pick isn't exciting, but what it does offer you is a pivot option in the first couple of weeks to one that actually does pop um, when we've got more data. So that's the theory behind it. And I haven't been big on the Taylor Adams pick and I'm still not there yet, but with this Parker news, uh, it's definitely bumped him up a little bit as well. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't hate any of those picks. I think it's a, a pretty vanilla starting structure from what we've seen, which is which is probably good. Yeah, and some good matchups. Got a, a tough one for Harmsy uh, Melbourne, but that's based on last year, right? Revenge completely... game, though. Don't, it's a revenge game. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, so second, um, second three, uh, James Jordan. 
a bit based on the, the form, Luke Parker, those type of things. Um, and we know he's got value. Um, we know he's going to get a role. We know he's going to play. And he did look good. Um, C-Mac um, at uh, F5 because I just wanted a C-Mac in my team. I've been desperate for Connor all week, all year. So it's Cam McKenzie taking his place. Just looks like he's going to get that time and that role. Uh, got some real upside with a price tag of only 438 uh, F6, I seriously don't know who this is. Um, so at the moment, it's Finlay McRae, so he gets his opportunity at uh, round zero to prove whether he's there, but it could be Lazaro, could be Bailey Laurie, uh, who might get some greater opportunities um, round zero with the, the crisis that's happening uh, at Melbourne at the moment. Crisis, I mean, for people that um, generally will play CBAs. Um, Sean Manor sitting in that utility, and that means I haven't got the number one draft pick, but, of course, he has an opportunity to put his hand up as well. All right. I think I think that's a fairly solid team. Dare I say better than your last year, Stad? I think maybe even with your uh, weeks off, you might uh, you might still have a sniff here, mate, for that uh, another hat. And only two point four million in the bank. No, it's forty two k. Forty two k. Okay, well that's good. I, yeah, I didn't think there could be much in the it, bank. It's not that much squad. room for movement though. If if um, if the rookies don't appear right, um, so that becomes a challenge. You're going to have to save somewhere if you don't get the right rookies. All right, I think I think we've covered off every line there. I think that's uh, that's a solid. Solid team from old Stato. We hope you enjoyed that. I think that'll wrap us up. We're pretty much nearly at an hour long. So a bit of practice match content, bit of Stato team reveal. and uh, Go on, Dossie. Do it, Dossie. Come on, Dossie. Do it, Dossie. Share, buddy. We finish off with a sad farewell (laughs) for old Dossie. Yes, it is true. Uh, Dossie is unfortunately having an indefinite hiatus from the pod pod. A bit of a decision that's been made. It it was kind of had to be made. Um, And things will become clear soon, I'm sure. But look, in all seriousness, you know, I want to thank everyone that's been involved in the show, all the listeners that have been involved in the show. And the show will go on the fearless leader and the man that has essentially been hosting all the top episodes this preseason anyway, Holmesy will be uh, taking the reins as the host. And uh, look, looking back, obviously it's been an awesome journey. Started with just myself and Lou uh, a few years ago now. And um, we brought on the Statesman initially. I think that was for a separate show. Um, Then Holmesy was a listener. I think he came on as a guest and ended up dragging him across as well to, to join the show and and Harmy, of course, coming on board as well, first as a guest and then on the show. But um, it's been it's been awesome, like, um, across the, the few years and I think we've built such a good sort of chemistry in all seriousness. And, um, yeah, it's been obviously a pleasure to to be a part of. And, and I'm not sure for the moment, I would just – complete transparency not sure where if i'll be able to come back in the future um so it is really an indefinite sort of hiatus for the moment but i'm sure the listeners will still get so much value from what you guys bring to the table because at the end of the day old dossie he does have a lot of loose picks up his sleeve and um the value that you guys get that the listeners get is all from your content i just pass it to you guys and you guys give the juicy stuff so you know, the pod pod's still going to live on with you guys incredibly strongly. Stato, take it away, mate. I just want to share with the listeners, Doss, um, let's be transparent about this. Um, you get some recognition by Papowski. The rest of us got together. We voted you off. Um, that's how this has happened. Uh, we've all got massive egos and we said, no, no, Dossie can't sort of ride the back of our hats, uh, get it. the recognition. <laughs> So he had to move on. No, I, look, um, Dossie, um, you and I have been doing podcasts together for, was it seven, eight years? Yeah. Um, it, it's been quite a long time. Um, enjoyed every moment from fantasy pigs 
um, mm. which is, God, that's a long time ago, um, yep. right through uh, um, and hosting the, the Draft Doctors when we were a team of 652. Um, you destroyed us all. That It's only Fizz and I left. Um, through left COVID, decimated behind, yeah. Through COVID, we started a, a new live show when we were in lockdown, uh, which was great fun live, leading straight into to game time, uh, and then rolling over to uh, the Pod Pod. So, for all that time doing work with you, I've always uh, loved working with you, and always have a bit of a fun giggle. I don't listen to anything you've got to say fantasy, but I love <laughs> talking to you. So I, I want to say thanks, and you've been absolutely fantastic and such a great person um, to spend time with, even out in the piss in Melbourne during a trader show. It's been great fun, mate. No, it's been it's it has been a journey, and, and yeah, catching up with all of you. I still I haven't. I'll have to catch up with you, Harmy, one day. The only member of the show I haven't seen in uh, in person, but um, yeah, I'm sure that'll happen one day. But yeah, thanks for the kind words, Stato. Um, yeah, each and every one of you. Obviously, and, and Louis, who's obviously not here as well. Um, it's been great to be able to continue the show with him and watch the show grow because the show has just grown, yeah, so much in the last couple of years. So um, appreciate it. And and Holmesy, your extra work on the Holmes files, like obviously we can see the numbers behind the scenes, and they do do very strongly compared to just our normal show, mate. So obviously, um, yeah, really want to thank you for going the extra mile with those ones recently as well. Yeah, nah, all good, mate. I just appreciate you giving me the opportunity to jump on. It was, it was, it was pretty cool to to jump on after 2021 for that interview when I when I came second, and I didn't ever think I'd get into to podcasting. And my wife probably wishes that I didn't, but yeah, <laughs> I I do love getting on and chatting fantasy with you boys each week. So definitely keen to to keep it going. But yeah, you, you're going to be a big hole that's missed, mate. So all the best, and yeah, all the listeners are going to know pretty soon what you're what you're getting up to, which is which is amazing for you as well. Nah, thanks, mate. Now, Harmy, what what nice things have you got to say about me, mate? Come on. <laughs> no, nothing, Harmy. Nothing. Well, Dossy, you're a legend. I think um, everybody in the fantasy community would say that. And uh, we hope to have you involved in some capacity at some point in the future. Um, have you released your video for this year yet? No, I don't, don't know if there's going to so be So it's not one. the year of the DOS? Again, is it? Might so not be. Might not be. It's going to be. It's going to be so ironic when he wins the comp this year and we can't podcast it. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, and Paddy Dow wins the Brownlow. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You guys can talk about it all you want. You know, go for it. Braden yeah. Fiorini gets a game. Paddy oh, Dow will I- never be mentioned on this show again. Like. <laughs> oh, Apparently there was word uh, Dimmer sees Braden Fiorini as a genuine wingman. You Winger, guys, I sent, yeah. I sent that no, through you to the group No, you did share it, chat. mate. Of course you did. Yeah, yeah. He didn't right, say well, anyway, it, but you shared it. Yes, I did. Well, anyway, we'll wrap it up there. But, um, yeah, to all the listeners out there, thanks so much for uh, for listening. And I do implore you to continue listening to the lads um, going forward and see what homes he's got up his sleeve as the new Dossie going forward, mate. Good luck oh, with that. That's 20, 20K Cub. Fucking sign it up. Sign it off. All right. Well, yeah, I'll be listening next week. Um, see you then. All right. Thanks, Goat.